1: Welcome to Not Over It. I'm Becky Kirsch, Managing Editor at PopSugar. And I'm Zreen Sneaky, Director of Partnerships at PopSugar. And on today's episode, because there were so many things that happened in the month of June, so many headlines, a few of them controversial. Well, the headlines weren't controversial, but they were about controversial things. We are going to spend today's episode breaking down some of the Biggest headlines, things that bordered on scandal, and some other delights that June brought to us from some of our favorite celebrities. A few things that we are not over, you could say. You could say that. It's a good thing we've (laughs) never made that joke before. Seems so obvious. (laughs)
0: This is the first time. First time.
1: Um, But before we get into all of those, Zareen, why don't you tell me your most recent not over it you're Um, timely you're timely not over it my
0: timely not over it well you brought this to my attention five seconds ago that lena dunham is tackling a polly pocket movie starring lily collins a i don't understand why she's tackling it is this like a really intense subject matter i I don't really understand what's happening there but also why who asked for this i just
1: a kid you're not the target demo really
0: I feel like 90s yeah. kids are so the demo for everything. No, everything is still in my adults? mind. Yeah, this everything is for me. Anything that is put out in the universe is directly for me. That's why I want to continue to live my life.
1: No, this is brought to you by the good folks at Mattel who are trying to lure a new audience into consuming, with their parents' dollars, Polly Pockets.
0: Also, isn't Lily Collins busy in Paris? It's
1: only part of the year. Yeah. <laughs> She has, she has time to play the life-size version of a pocket-sized woman.
0: Well, as it does say, the story will follow a young girl and a pocket-sized woman who form a friendship. So much no, to I look sa- forward
1: to. <laughs> I said life-sized version of a pocket-sized woman, which is not correct. I meant <laughs> a real-life version. I assume it's live-action, right? Or she's just voicing the Polly Pocket. A live-action Polly Pocket. <laughs> yeah, otherwise, it's just like that cartoon from Lizzie McGuire. She kind of looked like Polly Pocket to me. Oh, I loved her.
0: Lizzie's little... Friend that would pop up on her shoulder.
1: I think it's live action. I think they're going to shrink her down. I mean, they do have the capability, I guess. CGI, whatever, whatnot. But here's my question. Is it, does she have other pocket-sized friends or is it like Stuart Little?
0: I don't know, whatever this is. She's
1: pocket-sized and full-size people surround her.
0: I want the studio to decide this is not what they should be spending their money on and wrap up the project and move on to something else. Did
1: you not have Polly Pockets growing up?
0: I did, but I don't need a movie for it. I definitely don't need a movie starring Lily Collins directed by Lena Dunham. That's for damn sure.
1: But well, like, is she gonna fit into those little poly the whole point of PolyPocket is that she fit into those little clamshell like things. Well, yeah. Which now seems like jail. <laughs> <laughs> you can just close her in there. I think at that pocket. point
0: I was like, This is cozy. She has a nice little home and she fits in my pocket, but yeah now I see it as oppressive.
1: No, I mean it was so cute. You put it in your pocket and you could bring it to Restaurants. It was pre iPad. Pre iPad. Anyway,
0: that's my not over it. I don't want this movie to happen.
1: Well, thank you. Speaking of things that I don't want to happen, (laughs) but are happening to us, my not over it for the week is this trailer for a new Netflix dating series called Sexy Beasts. Could you fall in love with someone based on personality alone? What is
0: your ideal woman?
1: Personality, for me, is everything. First personality second. You're the best looking devil I've ever seen. (laughs) This is really weird right now. (laughs) Oh God. Which I, I, the premise of this show is that they take single people and put them in very elaborate prosthetic makeup slash costumes, where most of them look like animals or demons or aliens or something, and then send them out into the world on dates to quote unquote, put, true blind date chemistry to the test so first of all isn't didn't we already put blind date chemistry to the test in love is blind and everyone got to wear their regular clothes we didn't have to see them dressed as a dolphin or a sea monster the other thing is some of these prosthetic masks and everything else makeup is scary no yeah the trailer is horrifying And then they're kissing. They're kissing. It's like, look at this demon is kissing this panda bear. Isn't that hilarious? I was physically uncomfortable the whole entire time. What are we doing here? Why are we trying to make this give me nightmares? And also, like, is the mask singer not enough? We also had the mask dancer. Like, when will the masks end? How far will they go?
0: (laughs) I know we're all vaccinated. It's time to take the masks off.
1: No, don't worry. Netflix has already ordered the series for two seasons. Oh, good. Oh, good. And this is a show that's been uh, going on in other countries since t- 2014. It started in England. I'm surprised. I'm actually surprised it's taken seven years for it to come here. It's what you we know, deserve. That's- <laughs> it's true. It is what we deserve.
0: I mostly I don't understand the kissing and the masks. I mean, I don't understand any of it. But well, they're I don't not understand
1: masks. Why I- it's prosthetics. Ugh.
0: So, so sit in like hours I mean, some, of makeup and do... Oh, I didn't realize that.
1: No, I mean, it's like a prosthetic dolphin nose that's on you. But, I thought people I mean, were just like, putting
0: on like a Donald Trump mask and someone else was wearing like a Obama No, mask that's what, that's what like, I'm
1: saying. Someone is spending a lot of time and money. I mean... <laughs> I guess, I guess good for those makeup artists. Yeah, that's true. Maybe they they'll win an Emmy. their work. But I don't... Yeah, I... This is just like... It's too much. I don't want to look at it.
0: Not for no. me. Well, yeah. But, you know, unfortunately, I have to say, because of how much I love Love Island and these UK dating shows, maybe I'll love this. I don't
1: know. This seems nothing like Love Island.
0: Yeah, it definitely seems they just, more unhinged. Why can't they
1: bring back Love is Blind season two? Yeah, I don't... I
0: think they are bringing that back. But, yeah, this show mostly just sounds like dating on, like, a bad acid trip.
1: No, and then at the end... They're choosing each other, and they're like, "My sexy beast
0: is <laughs> I old." <hate> witch, that. <laughs> it's <just> like okay.
1: <laughs> no, no that's, that's a no, no from me. me. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of my brain, Jenks. You want me a coke?
0: Up my line. Okay, well, let's move on from this nightmare um, onto unfortunately something else that's been quite a nightmare the past few months. Probably the most recent news story that's been happening in the month of June, which is. Um, it or related, um, you know, all about Britney Spears and her court case with her conservatorship. The story is mostly, you know, this, a, a documentary about all of this came out early in the year in February, basically showcasing how she really hasn't had any control of her personal finances or her own career for the past 13 years. Um, and so this has sort of been the first time that she's been, you know, super, um, clear and upfront, uh, on record, I know after the documentary came out, she had this Instagram post where she, you know, basically was sort of saying thank you for all of the Internet, you know, fan frenzy like around it where fans were really supporting her, the Free Britney movement. But this time during, you know, in her testimony, she kind of is really clear about all the things that her dad and the management companies and, and whatever have done to her the past um, 13 years, you know, and, and she's super honest about She's traumatized and not happy and and all this stuff. And it was really intense to hear her voice because I think I just never expected that she would actually come out and and say or that it would be public in any way, because I feel like it's been this big mystery for so long.
1: Yeah, well, I think the, the quote unquote Free Britney, hashtag Free Britney movement has been going on for a while now of her fans thinking that she's not running her Instagram, that she needs to be released from his conservatorship, that she is, you know, in much more duress than any of us realize. And I, I think we all knew that the conservatorship was overlording her, especially her money and controlling her in certain levels of, um, you know, her life. But I don't think anyone realized the extent of it until, she put out this or didn't didn't put out the statement, but she made the statement over the phone and she she talked for 25 minutes to the yeah. judge and the audio leaked, which is what you were just talking about, which I don't think was supposed to be released. But there's full transcripts now. But to your point, reading the quotes is horrifying in and of itself. But hearing her speak. Yes, particularly. You, it's in like Britney Spears' quote unquote true voice. Like she uses this sort of baby voice a lot of the time on her Instagram or even in interviews. That doesn't really feel like her. And even though there are parts of the statement where she was kind of losing her words or nervous, she was clearly lucid, clearly very upset, and seemed like a woman who has been abused and. The details of the abuse were really um, extensive. She has she's literally calling out her her whole family and saying that her father is a terrible person, that he loved the control. He loved to hurt his daughter 100,000 percent. She's talking about how they were working her to the bone. They forced her to go on tour. She was like, I worked seven days a week. Um, and then she also just talks about the level of surveillance and evaluation. She talks a lot about the the various levels of therapy and at the end of it all, she really just wants a semblance of a normal life again, right? yeah, she's really just
0: asking for basic human rights. it feels like just access to her own stuff. It's not insane asks. She mentions to me, which i think i i mean it's all so horrible and and hor- you know just horrifying, but she mentions that she has an IUD in place and she doesn't even have the authority to get that removed herself.
1: But yeah, she says that she's not allowed to take out her IUD because they don't want her having more kids. She said she's not allowed to get married. She says she's not even allowed to be in the car when her boyfriend is driving. That is Um, confusing.
0: I don't understand that. I mean, I don't understand any of it,
1: but... Right, so the, the levels of control... Just go, you know, from top to bottom, the levels of the amount of therapy she has to have. She details um, times where she was sent to rehab facilities, that people were watching her 24-7, that she had to give blood every week, that they were watching her change. She definitely seems deeply traumatized by, she mentions a certain therapist who abused her with the medication he was giving her. She talked a lot about how she's being forced to do in-person treatment at a place in L.A. where the paparazzi always find her, that they can't right. come to her house. And the biggest thing that she kept mentioning is that she really wants the conservatorship to be lifted without having to do this full evaluation, because clearly she's traumatized by it.
0: Right. Well, I think initially that evaluations, you know, is clearly caused a lot of turmoil in general. But um, to me, what I did not realize was that She kind of, she sort of blames her entire family. To me, I thought it was just her father, but it kind of seems like she notes that everyone else in her family is pretty complicit in what's been happening, and well aware. Yeah,
1: yeah. It sounds like her mom and you know maybe her siblings too just kind of maybe turn the other cheek. I mean, I don't think I don't think they're as quite as involved in the actual terms of the conservatorship, but yeah, they're just they're going along with it. And and also at the end of the day, that's what's most Depressing and most horrifying is that this is a person who, according to her, her father doesn't love her, is trying to control her instead of giving her the freedom to live her life, to access to this empire, to all this money that she's built. He is treating her like a puppet, like a slave. Yeah, I mean, she's been his
0: meal ticket, I think, this entire time. That's what it's been. And... I think she, that's what she makes it abundantly clear too. So I don't I mean I'm not entirely sure what happens next. I think at this point, you know, hopefully the courts will decide that she doesn't need another ev- evaluation before the conservatorship is like lifted, but who who knows? I think it's going to get a lot more messier than you know. I think it it's going to yeah, take some time I don't... to resolve.
1: <laughs> It seemed even listening to it, though, it seemed unlikely to me that they would lift this level of conservatorship without any sort of evaluation of her. Yeah. Like, I know that's what she's asking for, but I don't I mean, I I don't know anything about conservatorships or the legal system, but it just seemed like why would they do that just based on this statement? Unfortunately, if it's this level of control, how else do you prove that? you know, it could be argued that she is mentally unstable and all these things aren't true. Yeah. So unless she can prove it, I, that that that's the part that I don't know if, if it's going to happen for her, but it the whole thing is heartbreaking.
0: Yeah. I think at this point also she maybe probably would settle for like truly any kind of control because right now it really seems like she has none and that's really sad and unfortunate. Right.
1: And, and in terms of what happens next, I also just think she just wants to move on Right. With her life. She wants to have be in control of what happens with her family, of what happens with her boyfriend, of whether or not she's going to tour again, of her ability to take this story wherever she wants to take it and to tell the story herself versus various people who have encountered her over the years putting out a documentary like she is prevented from actually speaking on this. And, and profiting off of her own story. It's still other people profiting off of what's happening to her. Right. Yeah, I agree.
0: I mean, I, like I said, I don't think this is going to be over anytime soon. And I'm sure I have to imagine that, you know, her father and his his team are also going to come back with whatever to keep this going. Much and He's not going to give it up this easy. If he's been holding on to it for 13 years. There's no way. But we can only pray and hope. Hashtag free Britney. Okay, well, let's take a quick break, and when we get back, we'll talk about a few more stories that made some waves this past month. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have
1: to. Download the new Bumble now.
0: This episode is brought to you by
1: Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage,
0: all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage.
1: No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at
0: shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer.
1: So let's start with talking about Chrissy Teigen and her ongoing controversy that actually started back in May when some old tweets resurfaced where Chrissy Teigen was bullying Courtney Stodden. Chrissy Teigen went away for a while. The tweets were pretty bad. She was telling Courtney Sodden that they should kill themselves and other things that don't look great in retrospect. So Chrissy Teigen took a couple of weeks off from posting on social media. I mean, she tweeted quickly that, that she was ashamed and embarrassed. But then more recently, she put out a full apology on Medium, talking about you know her personal reckoning with how she used to be a troll and how she's older now and in a lot of therapy and so on and so forth. In, In that meantime, though, a bunch of brands like Bloomingdale's Macy's and Target allegedly dropped her from or dropped her line from selling in their stores. She was supposed to have a voiceover cameo in the next season of Never Have I Ever that she actually already recorded and they dropped her. I mean, that season comes out in a few weeks and they had to quickly pivot and be like, no, we're going to sub in someone else. So, you know, the things definitely started in terms of backlash. So she puts out this apology and then almost immediately someone else came forth. Of
0: course, as they do. Designer, um, Michael Costello came out and said, you know, that she had also bullied him in the past. Um, and, he i guess had uploaded a he has uploaded a bunch of screenshots um from facebook allegedly that happened in i think 2011 2012 sh- showcasing most
1: of them were instagram i think
0: oh Okay, on some platform, but it was a while it ago. Up, it ends
1: up being it ends up being relevant later.
0: <laughs> yeah, it, yes, it ends up being relevant later. Um, but basically they were, you know, horrible messages that I guess Chrissy had been sending him about how she was going to end his career and make sure he never works in this town again and stuff like that with that energy. But then it came out, to Becky's point, why what platform is relevant is because <laughs> they noted that um, Instagram actually had a completely different design they uh, Chrissy they Chrissy yeah um so they were basically those messages were fabricated and he was sort of lying about her messaging all that so now she is I guess threatening to file legal action for I don't know for him talking shit what is that called what's the legal term of that
1: slander, slander. Uh, libel <laughs> Defamation of character. Yeah, yeah basically, okay. he put out this thing, and we all kind of collectively said a big yikes! Like this isn't over yeah. for her. More people are coming out of the woodwork. But then, quickly in that meantime, people like Leona Lewis were speaking out against Michael Costello. So it was already a little bit murky about who is this guy. He was a Project One Way contestant, and you know that's really yeah. his claim to fame. And yes, yeah, so then Chrissy Teigen came forth on Instagram and was like, "This is fake. I have proof. These screenshots were doctored." Instagram didn't have this feature. This isn't what the Instagram, you know, platform even looked like. This wasn't what my uh, profile picture looked like. And at that point, someone of Chrissy Teigen's celebrity status doesn't come forth with that sort of um, statement and receipts unless they actually have the receipts to back it up. It actually kind of reminded me of when Justin Bieber... Was accused of sexual assault last summer, and immediately was like, "I can produce all the receipts from the Four Seasons Hotel that I was in from the date <laughs> I was in, and I was not there." And y- right. you will be hearing from my lawyer. And not not that these are issues or accusations to be conflated, but no, yeah. After that, I felt like Chrissy shut him down pretty pretty thoroughly, and- right? And then
0: he was like, "I'm taking a break from social media too." And I was like, "Everybody's taking a break from social media. Great, that's so wonderful for all of us." I think. It is a it's a good idea for Chrissy to take a break from social media. She, um, I'm glad she's having a reckoning with herself that she was a troll back when she was young at the tender age of 27. <laughs> um, I can only imagine how much growth you've had from then. But you know, I I think she's gonna be fine. Now. I do think she realizes how awful those messages were, and I think this, I think Michael Costello just like took he ca- he caught some wind and he ran with it, and he was like, "This is my moment." You know, I'm sure. She didn't respond to him or something, or maybe he's mad. But I think she will recover from this and be fine.
1: Yeah, I mean, she's still gonna have to deal with all those people that think she's part of Pizzagate. But oh, I think th- I think those people were really excited about all these recent developments.
0: Yeah, they were like, I know Candace Owens could not be
1: happier. Ugh! <laughs> Sorry for saying that name. I apologize. Yeah, how dare you? Uh, moving on. Let's talk about In the Heights. In the Heights. Recently. The movie version of In the Heights, based on the Broadway musical created by Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh, was released in the theater. It was also released on HBO Max to uh, much critical acclaim and fanfare by many, but also a little bit of controversy.
0: Yes. Um, Mostly around colorism, you know, which and you know is basically discrimination against darker skins um people within it, it's it's unfortunately something that runs deep among any group people of color that um have varying levels of melanin it's a thing in, in south asian cultures it's it's everywhere um but a lot of people were upset because the movie is all about neighborhood the neighborhood of washington heights And there is a very large Dominican population that lives there and specifically a large Afro-Latino-Dominican population. So they, a lot of people felt that it wasn't, you know, represented in an authentic way, basically. And a lot of the actors featured in the film um, are lighter skin. And so I think, I think a lot of people felt like he missed the mark, he being Lin-Manuel
1: Miranda, um... They're lighter-skinned they're lighter Latinx, we should clarify. Yes, wasn't yes, 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 Like white people. <laughs> no, yeah, he didn't show a bunch of <laughs> white, white people. No. Wasn't the original West Side Story.
0: No, oh no, oh no. You know, obviously this caused a, a pretty big backlash on Twitter and the conversation kind of took ahead from there and sort of blew up and Lin-Manuel Miranda came out and, you know, he, he, he posted a statement and apologized and owned up to the fact that, you know, he, he hears... The You know, he hears um, people's, you know, issue issues that they have taken with it. And, you know, he's going to do better going forward. And I think that is the correct response to that. Um, I also don't feel like. You know, to me, it feels like some people are so upset. They're like, we shouldn't support this movie. And I don't I personally don't feel like that's the route either. I think. This movie came from a person in power, but he's still, you know, he's a person of color himself. And I think he, we put so much weight on people of color in powerful positions to always get it right. And I think that's really unfair when we're not putting the same onus on, you know, a Quentin Tarantino or a Martin Scorsese that only have white characters and white people in their movies. So while I, I completely, uh, you know, the criticisms are valid and I, there's nothing wrong with them, I do think we have to take a step back and also see there's not a ton of representation in general for Latinx communities. And this was a really big cultural moment. And, and I think I know plenty of people that feel like it was still a big moment for their community to be represented in a positive light.
1: No, and I think it's important to note also that, and lin Miranda notes this in his apology, that he started writing it because, and he talks about this a lot, about how he felt there were never going to be parts for him in right. movies or on Broadway uh, for people like him. And, and we all know if Lin-Manuel Miranda doesn't write Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda doesn't get cast as Alexander Hamilton no, yes. in Hamilton. Not not, not just because of, you know, racism, but because of his unique singing voice. Um, <laughs> no. But to your point, he wanted to create something that was really going to give this community something to make them feel seen. And I think that's how a lot of people were so excited that they felt like they could be seen in a way that they haven't before. And the bigger issue to me is that there aren't enough projects where marginalized communities feel like they're being seen. So they're putting all, they're putting so much pressure on this one thing because it it feels like the one opportunity to do it, which isn't really fair.
0: Yeah, I agree. And um, there was a tweet that I read that I felt kind of encapsulated perfectly and it said, you know, no movie can be everything to all people. And a movie like In the Height carries perhaps an unfair burden in certain respects, which I think is totally fair because he, in his statement, to your point, he did, he notes that he was trying to sort of paint, you know, quote, this mosaic for a, a community. So I think he was almost trying to do too much. And obviously people feel like he fell short. and And he did in certain aspects, of course, you know, it is clear there's a. There is a clear discrepancy of lighter skin actors versus darker skin. I'm like, I don't think anyone would argue with that. But I do think to hyper criticize it or to say that we shouldn't support it or, you know, cancel him or vilify him also seems incredibly unfair. (laughs) Overall, I watched this movie very recently and I loved it. It was really fun to see. He's like fun colors and the neighborhood that was so vibrant and the music and Anthony Ramos and his freckles, cute as shit. So I was here for it.
1: (laughs) Yes, I agree. It was very cute.
0: Um, Okay. Moving on to the next thing that's less fun. Um, Billie Eilish um, is getting some backlash for a video that resurfaced on TikTok where she is... uh, I guess 13 or 14 years old and she's lip syncing to a Tyler, the creator song called fish in which she lip syncs uh, a slur an, an anti-Asian slur. And, you know, people were really coming for her and and she apologized and stuff. My thing is mostly why is no one coming for Tyler, the creator who wrote the song that has the word?
1: Yeah, I don't, I can I don't <laughs> know the answer to that. Um, I mean, people seem a little bit mad at Billie Eilish in general right now. There are also accusations of queer baiting. I don't know if some of this just comes to, comes with her putting out new music and, you know, trying to reinvent herself. Maybe the green hair was protecting her from harm and now she's vulnerable to the world again. But this mm-hmm. is very similar to what happened with Gina Rodriguez a couple of years ago where yes. she was not lip syncing, like a- actively uh, singing a song where she used a racial slur. And that was in in real time. That was something she posted on Instagram from the day before or something. And that was that was much worse to me. Not that we should compare one to another. But to me, 13 is an actual child. No, this yeah, This is I something agree. from when she was I mean, she's still an actual child, but there's not a person among us who would not be canceled if we could see every single thing they said or did when they were in middle school. Like this is a middle. This is this is footage from a middle schooler who, to your point, was lip singing, lip syncing to an existing song that someone else created that had us learn it. So I, I, I'm i not saying it's a great look for her, but no. I don't really know if it's.
0: But I do think she's apologizing. She's clearly, you know, owning up to it. It's not like she's wiped her hands of it and hasn't acknowledged it. So I think to that point, like she knows that it wasn't OK. Obviously, anybody would looking back at their 13 year old self acting like a complete idiot would never be like, no, I stand by my behavior at 13. I was great then and I'm great now. Like, <laughs> you know, and right. she, she's not doubling down on it. So it felt kind of like a moot point. But um, the other stuff, the queer bit, ba- I'm not super privy to that. I don't, I shockingly don't follow Billie Eilish too much. Her music is wonderful, but it's um, really not my cup of tea. A lot of whispering happening.
1: Okay, well, then let's talk about someone who is your cup of
0: tea. Okay, well, moving on to somebody that I love, Riz Ahmed. Um, Riz Ahmed wants to stop Hollywood's um toxic portrayal of Muslims, and I am all behind it. He he recently backed a study that um found that fewer than ten percent of top grossing films released between twenty seventeen and twenty nineteen from the UK, US, and Australia um featured a speaking Muslim character. And when they did, they were shown as either outsiders, threatening Subservient. The study basically said, you know, about one third were perpetrators of violence and more than half were targets of violence. I just have to look at Homeland. But I think overall, you know, this was a really hard thing um, being a Muslim American myself just to read all these stats and statistics about how it's it's like a double edged sword. Whereas on one hand, we, he was nominated for an Oscar this year and it's the first time, you know, a Muslim um, actor was nominated for best actor. Um, and then on the other hand, he's clearly pointing out that this doesn't really mean anything because there's so much more work to be done.
1: Right. I think what hit home for me also was the reminder that people like Riz and he, you know, specifically notes Mahershala Ali, who is also Muslim, but um, they are the exceptions. They are not the rule. And when we celebrate their nominations, as we should, we can't forget that this is not an indicator of the types of roles that these actors are getting across the board or even an indicator of the volume of actors of color or actors from the Muslim community who are getting any parts at all.
0: Right, so they've been like welcomed in by the film fraternity and now they're they are the key folks in this group that fit the representation mold for these you know for Muslim representation like here's the four Muslim actors that we've accepted into Hollywood and we're just gonna you know lather rinse and repeat is sort of what he was no- noting unfortunately but um the bright side of this is that I feel like a lot of the stuff that he is saying and he has a lot of actors on board that are going to help him it-, it feels very actionable and it was nice to see other actors And directors or, you know, that are not part of the Muslim community also stepping up and resharing or just showing support in general, which I thought um, was a positive thing. So despite it being an uphill battle, it seems like one that hopefully we can win.
1: Yeah. Something else that he said, too, that resonated with me is that he talked about how he doesn't want to be the poster boy for this. He just wants to be an actor who is getting the opportunity to go out for the same roles as everyone else, and to audition and to be selected based on his acting ability, and he was like, "I'm happy to do it, but I don't really want to be here explaining to you like why, why this is important. Like, I just, I just want to act, and I just want more members of my community to have these same privileges and opportunities." You know, one of the most insidious things about these misrepresentations is the way it makes you think about yourself, and I think. In part, that's why I recoiled when that MI5 agent said, did you become an actor to further the Muslim struggle? I thought, man, I don't want to be tainted with that brush. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the Muslim poster boy.
0: And yet when I go back and revisit that question, I think
1: maybe I did become an actor to be seen and portrayed with empathy and dignity, to be seen as fully human as much as any other character in our stories or in our culture wow this is a this is a heavy episode serene i
0: know let's take a break because i would really like to come back and just talk talk a little bit shit that would be better for my mental health and this moment if that's possible (laughs) let's just talk about a, a few lighter stories from the month if we could when we get back Okay, well, recently the Kardashians have sort of said goodbye to their reality show. Um, their tenure at E! has come to a close after 14 years and 20 seasons, if you can believe. Um, and they sat down with Andy Cohen, the King of Reunion Specials um, from Bravo, and discussed, you know, the show. And he asked a lot of intense questions Um which I don't think I've been asked to them out loud, at least, like on a show, maybe like written down or like in articles. But there was a few things that I know jumped out for both of us. Um, for me personally, is the fact that Chloe and Tristan are already over <laughs> right after this specialist came out, he was already caught cheating on her once again. And there was a bunch of memes about the only reason he didn't cheat on her for an entire year was because of a global pandemic which is fairly accurate and just disgusting. My God, what is wrong with him? Him and him and Nick Cannon should be friends when we can get into that later, but they seem to have the same energy.
1: If I'm being honest, the first thing that stood out to me was the experience of watching Andy Cohen sit down reuniting a group of women and have them not yell at each other the whole entire time. <laughs> oh my God, I know. Strange. Everything was so
0: civil-ish. Was there was a so dark shade.
1: Yeah, but it was so different from a Real Housewives reunion where he usually can't even get a word in, but... The whole thing, especially the second hour, really, I felt for Chloe. I mean, first of all, I'm sorry, her, I find whatever work she's had done, which I know she said it's only a nose job and she is allergic to Botox or something, but <laughs> yeah. I find w- look watching her talk to be difficult. Um, and I find her new face to be a little bit hard for me to. Well, there's not a accept. lot of
0: emotion coming out of the face so it's a little bit confusing what how she's feeling about any said topic and to your point you know i do yeah the questions she got a lot of hard questions that last like the second part of the reunion which was like
1: very intense to watch and i'm
0: sure she right like
1: he went right in about the rumors that robert kardashian wasn't her real father and then everything with tristan and then don't forget lamar and I also I felt for her because she mentioned so many times how secure she was with herself and how much confidence she had when the show started and how now it's she's like, sometimes I do right now, not so much. And I know that, you know, I'm part of the problem by saying that her face I just wish she didn't do I wish she didn't feel like she had to alter her appearance so much. I and mean, she wants to get in shape. Good for her. I, it's more of just like her physical appearance, which you know it's all related. That I found that to be well. He sad. Andy also asked, you know, if if the family
0: kind of contributes to these like unhealthy, um, you know, image, you know, images that like women now have that they should portray or be. And Kendall Jenner was very quick to speak up and, <laughs> and say, "No, we work really hard for what we have," and which I was just, it's like in theory, yeah, of course you work out. No one's saying you don't, but. No, nobody has access to world-class trainers and organic food and chefs, and you Photoshop the shit out of your pictures.
1: Do you think that you are promoting unattainable standards of beauty
0: in any way? No, I don't. Because I think we get up, we do the work, we work out. You all are like constantly having some kind of work done, whether it's permanent or not. There are definitely fillers in places that regular people would not even think to have fillers in. So to me, stuff like that, it's just like, you want to, you don't want to, I don't want to hate them, but sometimes you're just kind of like, what is wrong with you? Like, do you just hear the words coming out of your mouth? Because he also went in on Kendall about, you know, people, people thought it, um, you know, you have like a silver spoon. And she was sort of like, well, modeling was actually like really hard for me and like getting, because of my fame and and my family, it was almost like harder. I'm like right being rich and right it was like must have been so much but then harder. she
1: also says she doesn't remember her life before her family was famous and before she was <laughs> right on camera
0: but she also but. It's, it's that with the whole thing with that too she because there was um a watch what happens live once where kendall had released some statement about fashion week and how she gets to she picks and chooses which show she wants to be in and naomi campbell was famously like next question like very irritated and i was like i agree with naomi like you're fine
1: one thing that's crazy about this um that this reunion special really reminded me of was the differentiation and net worth
0: of some of them like
1: kim and kylie have so much more money than the rest of them
0: (laughs) yeah seriously sorry to this courtney mostly this show this that reunion to me was just like mostly embarrassing for for courtney i would have to imagine because you know andy also doubled down where he was like you know kim do you regret saying that she's boring i need courtney to not be so annoying with a stick up her ass like she runs this because she doesn't she's the least exciting to look at and kim was like yeah of course i regret 99 percent of the stupid things i say or whatever but it's like you know she doesn't regret that kim's like no she is boring look at her and also he asked, Andy asked Courtney what her passion was because, you know, the rest of them have some kind of product and Kendall has tequila now and they all have something that's happening. And Courtney said that her passion is living her life passionately. Which just sort of reminded me of like when Kylie had that thing where she was like, was 2018 or something where she was like, I think this is just gonna be the year that I wanna realize things. <laughs> and I feel like this year is really about like, the year of just realizing stuff.
1: But, like, is that really that much more ridiculous than having a passion for large lips? Like, Kylie Jenner's sad, sad story of a boy telling her her lips were small and how it's... Ch- I mean, look, good for her. She's a billionaire now, but I mean, your deep passion for lip liner. They, I think they all have a deep passion for lip liner. No, they do. But
0: also, that story in itself is, like, I think you're trying to come off as relatable, but, like, in normal people, I that would happen to me and I would say it to my mom, I'd be like that kid. My mom would be like, he's an idiot, whatever. In her story, she said that and her mom was like lip injections like that's not a this is not a normal reaction to that at like 13. No. So it's sort of like I think they try to come off as relatable and they're like, we're just a regular family that loves each other and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, I don't know about this. I thought it was. Yeah,
1: they should just stop with that part of it. No, yeah, they really should. Mostly, should I also. Just, they should just be lifestyles of the rich and famous. Lifestyles of the rich and the famous. They're always complaining, always complaining.
0: <laughs> I love that good Charlotte song.
1: <laughs> but it's also a show.
0: I know, but come on. I, I think of the song. It's Robin Leach. I think of. Um, but also, mostly, they're not even really going away, which I'm mostly annoyed about now.
1: They'll never go away. Ever.
0: I I know, but, like, what's the point? Why would you give me this reunion special as if it's some huge deal, and then you're like, okay, but we'll be back just over, just taking our talents over to South Beach. Like, you're just going to be on Hulu now?
1: Get out of here. Because, I mean, first of all, did, how much of the final season or any season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians did you watch? I only watched because the last four episodes of this season. I watched none of it, and I still watch this. So, the... Yeah. The marketing of Andy Cohen and, you know, All Bets Are Off, we're going to really reveal everything. I think that's why. That that's why they did this so that they could it's everything as a cash grab. The the obvious promotion of Kendall Jenner's tequila oh at the my beginning and God. at the end of this special. They were like, "I'm so nervous. I have to do a shot." Of 818, the ke- the new tequila brand brought to you by Kendall Jenner. Do we have any on tap? And then at the end, even Andy Cohen was like, wow, it's so smooth. And you're like, barf. I know. Do you really need this? Do, do you really need this right now?
0: No. Yeah. That's so true. I'm just mostly annoyed because I feel like I got duped. Andy Cohen duped me. That's the only reason I watched and now I feel. No,
1: it was an ad for tequila. It was an ad for Good American Jeans. Skims. It was. She actually didn't talk about skims.
0: No, but just Kim. Every time I see Kim Also, living in New York, it's kind of impossible to... Live. You don't see those huge, like, poster boards of her in skims, like, all over Tribeca. It's just, like, insane. Every time I look at it, I'm like, I need more skims. It works. No, I'm
1: pretty I'm pretty oblivious, but it sounds like they didn't need to promote it on the special. Anyways, speaking of things that are not
0: going away, um, Nick Cannon can't seem to stop getting women pregnant. Um... He is oh,
1: uh, all at the same time.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. there. Yeah, that's that's really the kicker here. Is there it's the
1: urgency? It's the urgency. He is
0: having baby number seven. He, also, he has two sets of twins.
1: He sure does. Which I just, mean, when you're moving at Nick Cannon speeds, <laughs> no,
0: I know. it's more efficient, <laughs> you know, and and not in his defense. But, you know, he did say in 2016 that he doesn't believe that men are supposed to be with one woman. And man, does he stand behind oh. that?
1: Well, that's fine, but do do these women know that that's how he feels? So you know, that's I my, don't. Question on my mind because if it's a big love situation, then sure, if you want to do your your polygamy, polyamory. It doesn't seem like that's the case. No, though.
0: but the most recent woman that he got pregnant is only a few weeks apart from the other woman that he has gotten pregnant. So, so
1: how many babies is he going to welcome this year? Is my question.
0: Um. Well. Really, the sky is the limit for Nick Cannon, it seems, unfortunately for us. Also, mostly in this entire thing, I'm just... Mariah Carey's kids are probably, like, we don't know her to all of these other children, I have to imagine. Are they all spending the holidays together? No. Either way, I just First think, of
1: all, the ho- Mariah owns the holidays. How dare you ask that question?
0: <laughs> it's true. She is Christmas herself. Yes. <laughs> they,
1: don't, they don't get to see anyone else besides her for all of December. So... Nick Cannon welcomed a daughter named Powerful,
0: Powerful Queen
1: last last December. Then, just 6 months later, he welcomed twin boys named Zion and Zillion on June 14th. And now he has another baby on the way. That wow. We don't know exactly when that baby is going to be born, but it looks like there is a chance that he will have 4 children born within one calendar year.
0: Good God. Good God.
1: Yeah. Wow. It's going to be an interesting time for those kids.
0: Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like he's going to stop anytime soon. Um, so, you know, barf emoji moving on to the next thing. Um, Michael B. Jordan has unfortunately found himself in some hot water. He... No. No. I <laughs> know. Not Michael. Not, not Michael. Not our Michael. Um, he, like every other celebrity in the entire planet, is coming out with an alcohol brand of himself, rum. And he is having to rename it because Nicki Minaj criticized him. He had a name that was, I guess, appropriating Caribbean culture. It is rum, so that makes sense. Um, my main question all of this is, when are they going to come for Drake for culture- culturally appropriating America with Virginia Black American whiskey? Because he's Canadian,
1: no one comes for Canada. They're too nice. That's but true. But they did, they did come for Kim Kardashian when she tried to name Skims kimono. And now look at you out here buying all the Skims. You I could can't possibly stop. Want. So you're not, you're not holding that against her. So she changed the name.
0: What, what else can she do? She apologized. I don't she... know that
1: no one will even remember that Michael B. Jordan's rum was once called Jovert. No
0: um but no
1: one's gonna be able to pronounce that anyway so he should just go with something that's that's easier i know everyone to say
0: yeah to drake's credit virginia black is very easy to pronounce for us at least (laughs) alcohol is everywhere even in makeup becky g has joined everyone (laughs) else
1: i'm sorry what (laughs) not my makeup
0: (laughs) not your makeup well it might be becky becky g has um joined everyone else on the planet and launched a beauty line that is inspired um, by tequila and the number three. Um, I just, you know, good for Becky G. Do we need more makeup? Like, I'm so, we're all at home still, sort of, you know, like I have definitely. Well, technically,
1: make- technically, it's inspired by her Latinx heritage, which includes tequila, not just uh, the tequila. Okay. The thing for me that's upsetting is why hasn't anyone invented? makeup that gets you drunk that seems like it would be efficient so the pregame, as i'm getting ready i'm also loosening up a little bit yeah let me get ready for the night
0: casami goes into my eyes i guess i don't know what's next
1: yeah so the makeup line is called Today's luce because according to becky g the number three is very spiritual for me because it represents the mind body and soul and i can relate to that the number three is also very important to me because i was born in the third month third day of the month i was born in the third of the month
0: look at you you so and Chris sure. Luthe meant to be
1: yes. I like how yes you're putting the like the Barcelona accent right yeah. on there
0: Barcelona I went to Barcelona um speaking of Barcelona have you seen Lord's new music video I have what did you think Lord is back in case you didn't know Lord is back she released a new song it's called Solar Power
1: think three times when you feel it kicking in that snow. mostly i felt like i was watching an ad for a cult like come join a beach cult lord (laughs) is like i kept waiting it's like lord in this you know she looks very beautiful she's in this um you know matching set with a crop top and it's all these people on the beach just like dancing around and then like playing checkers or chess on the beach and then like dancing around like holding hands and stuff and i was like are they all going to kill themselves together at the same time at the end of this? Are they going to hold hands yeah. and give themselves into the ocean? It it was confusing. It was confusing. It has to a me, very weird like, energy. I felt like there was like some sort of subliminal messaging. But look, I it looked better than Nexium. So, <laughs> ten out of ten would join. <laughs>
0: ten out of ten would join. Her outfit was cute. I was mostly just waiting for the song to start the whole time, and then the video was over, and I was like, wait, what? It didn't even start. Yeah, it was a pretty start. mellow
1: choice as. Well, she's also like
0: dancing and jumping around, and I'm just like, "This is not what's happening in your brain, because it's not this song." Clearly, you're on another. No, she was
1: going for a summer vibe. It kind of reminded me of um, the Harry Styles video for Watermelon Sugar. Classic. He was just also frolicking around on the beach. Yeah, but that song was actually good. You know, that's where you're going to get that solar power. (laughs) If not on the beaches. Also Peaches. Peaches and Beaches are definitely both meant in that song. Oh we've Becky. already had a song about peaches. How many songs about peaches?
0: Becky can only handle one song about peaches at a time. Um, I'm very happy to know that I haven't listened to Peaches by Justin Bieber in a week and a half. Aren't you so proud of me?
1: Did you join a support group?
0: <laughs> I did.
1: Do you want do you want your seven days sober chip? Yeah but
0: I now it's in my head again so we are going to play it i,
1: that shit. I my to play yeah. it right yeah. Best song ever um your Okay. Whole brain is just occupied by jeffrey bezos now jeffrey bezos jeffrey bezos <laughs> jeffrey bezos <laughs>
0: no i was almost out of it why did you do that to me <laughs> I'm going to call 911 on Bo Burno. Um, Well, speaking of things that I know you're very excited about that are happening, Becky, the trailer for Tick, Tick, Boom finally dropped. Um, I feel like you didn't tell me that Vanessa Hudgens was in this movie.
1: I probably did. I, I feel like this movie... I was really excited. I am really excited about this movie, but then, like, when you open it up and it says Andrew Garfield singing, I was like, I wasn't ready. This is the life of Bobo Bobo. This is the life of Bobo Bobo. I was not ready. Is singing the right word here? Being so musical right at the gate. Whoa. I don't.
0: Mm, I mean, this is like singing like Lynn Manuel Miranda singing, you know? Like, is singing the right. Well, he
1: didn't write it. This, no, this no, was not written by Lynn manuel Miranda. The same
0: energy of the singing, though. I'm like, wow. this isn't... What? I mean, okay. He was only He's...
1: singing for two seconds. I don't feel ready to judge. You mean it's auto-tuned? It's definitely yeah. auto-tuned. Yes, it's, it's definitely auto-tuned.
0: Um, I just, I guess I didn't realize that this movie had so many like random people in it, like stars.
1: It's a pretty, it's a pretty small cast.
0: It is. I, I don't have any background to this except that... Um, I'm excited about it because you're excited about it. And that Andrew Garfield's in it, which is exciting in general because he hasn't been in anything in so long.
1: No, he was in that movie Mainstream. Don't know her. That no one saw. He's been on an indie beat. He's also going to be in that. God, why do I sound like the Andrew Garfield encyclopedia right now? <laughs> you are. All right. Well, that's that's a wrap on our look back at June. Kind of a heavy start for summer, I got to say.
0: Yeah. I mean, so much to look forward to, too, though.
1: Yeah, like the Kardashians returning after many days of being off the air. <laughs>
0: what will they look like? Will we even recognize really? them?
1: No, I mean, definitely not. <laughs> no, never, never.
0: There's so many alcohols to try, so many beauty lines to test.
1: So many beauty lines that infuse alcohol into their <laughs> it's products. Actually,
0: in, like tequila-infused lipstick?
1: Mainly one. I don't know if it's infused, but it's definitely it's one of the ingredients. As long as it's not toxic, I guess.
0: (laughs) That's true. Well, okay, Becky, are you ready for your burning question? I'm ready. Okay, here we go. So, in the spirit of today's episode, I have to ask.
1: Oh, no. Don't let it, dear God, let (laughs) it not be in the spirit of today's episode. Okay.
0: Speaking of spirits, if you were forced to collaborate on an alcohol brand with Nick Cannon, what kind of alcohol would it be and what would you call it?
1: I I hate how this is like you're being forced to do something. Well, this because otherwise you would never have
0: you would never have a line with Nick Cannon unless I forced you. (sighs) That's the only way this happened
1: for all this talk. um,
0: Well, first pick the alcohol.
1: um, First pick the kind of alcohol. Uh, You can't
0: be like hard kombucha.
1: (laughs) I mean, like, I don't really know anything about Nick Cannon. So I don't know what, what kind of, I don't, does Nick Cannon even drink? I know not one thing about Nick Cannon.
0: No, this is mostly about what you're going to name it and what alcohol you would choose.
1: Um, it would be called Mariah's Baby Daddy (laughs) and it would be champagne.
0: Oh, that actually. Because I
1: don't think Nick Cannon's a hard sell and neither am I. So, but trying to pretend like Mariah endorsed it.
0: But then shouldn't the alcohol be Bacardi? Does she have that song?
1: Oh, I'm I like, that's Cardi B, ring. No,
0: no, that's her sister. No, that
1: would confuse people because they would think it was Cardi B. No, the sister is Hennessy. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Her real name is Bacallus, but her um, nickname was Bacardi. And then they flipped in reverse. Anyway, it can't be Bacardi because that would make- confuse people. We're not confusing anyone. Okay, but- fine. Except that we are, because we want people to know this is brought to you by Mariah, and it's Christmas Champagne.
0: Christmas Champagne?
1: It's gonna be red. Yes, Yes. DJ, play All I Want for Christmas is You. (laughs) (laughs) Christmas Champagne, and because it's intoxicated, DJ, play Toxic by Britney Spears. (laughs) Not Over It is hosted and produced by Becky Kirsch and Zureen Siddiqui. Our producer is Emily Feld. Our editor is John Ross. Our executive producers are Allison Noel and Lisa Sugar. Have something to share? Tell us the moments
0: you're not over by emailing us at notoverit@popsugar.com. at Thanks for listening.